Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Gayla Scribner. Now, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, and at some point, we have to make the decision to start outsourcing us. You know, start outsourcing all the stuff that we do, because as entrepreneurs, we start off doing everything. You know, the time comes where we have to start working on our business instead of in our business. And one of those key areas is content marketing. And this is one of the areas that Gala's company takes care of. You know, Gala is a close friend. She's got a great story and company. And like most successful entrepreneurs, she gave the proverbial FU to the traditional working life and created a career that she could do from anywhere in the world. So today we are thinking big on how to let stuff go and start outsourcing ourselves. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Well, I want to welcome Gayla Scribner to the podcast today. Um, I, I have been looking forward to this because I think we're in an environment now. You know, the biggest one, of the biggest things I see is people starting a side gig. You know, and it's it happened before you know be, before this COVID crap and before this pandemic crap. But I think it's going to be forcing even more and more to where people have a side gig. You know, they have a side business that they're trying to do, an online business that they're trying to do. And to me, every household is going to have one. And talking to people that I, you know, that I work with and, and that I know, the biggest complaint that I get from people is they don't know how, they don't have time, they don't have the energy to be doing all the social media stuff. They just don't know, they don't have the the tools they don't and you get burned out you know i know people i don't want to post every day or i don't want to post every other day uh and really that's what you do give me a little give us a little overview of how you kind of started what you did and, and what drove you to kind of create what you're doing now well you'll have to remind me to get back to the social media part and i, I want to first i guess lead with that that everything that we're doing in in an online business, everything that we do in business, period, is building relationships and nurturing relationships. And when you think of social media and, oh my gosh, I've got to post every day or uh, I don't want to do this. And we're getting the tasks kind of in the way and it fogs us that ultimately what we're doing is just needing to connect with people and and serve serve those folks. But it ta it took me a while to kind of understand that. And um, circling way back uh, in the way back years, I, I have been an entrepreneur for just a short amount of time, really. Uh, back in 2012 is when I took the leap, left corporate life and jumped both feet in to start Scrivener Solutions. And I had been in the medical management field for 20 years. Right out of right out of high school, my first year or so into college, I landed a job at an ophthalmology office. And believe it or not, I I was majoring in marketing at the time in college this young 19-year-old, I'm going to be a marketing major. And I soon realized or told myself, I could never sell anything. I'm not a marketer. I'm going to change my degree to business administration. And I stayed in medical management from this. I, I went in um, as this bright-eyed, fresh 19-year-old in an ophthalmology office and was filing their charts and calling and confirming appointments and then um, and then going to school part-time or full-time school part-time job and then not three months later the 
medical biller went on maternity leave and why the office manager and the doctor decided to put this little 19-year-old in the billing seat. I have no idea, but that's what happened. I I I did the the medical billing. I learned that just by just by doing. And it was so many years ago. Um the only electronic claims we had was to Medicare. And I knew I was responsible for the backups. And we had backup tapes that looked like eight track cassette tapes. And we had seven of them and I had to switch them out. And I took one home in my purse and everything like that. And I didn't really understand all of that. But I learned uh, just by doing. And the lady never came back for from her maternity <laughs> leave. So I, I was their medical biller. And then I... Um, was recruited to uh, be in another office, and and then my my I, I I worked in the industry for twenty years, and then my daughter was graduating high school, and honestly, I just became burnt out, burnt out with the whole industry, just tired of all the red tape and you want to help patients uh but every one of them has different insurance and there's it's such a game and i became i guess jaded by the whole process and i wanted something different and i was tired of being tethered to a particular uh location right and but that's all I knew. And that's all my whole family knows. We've only known that you go work for somebody. And no one in my family was really an entrepreneur. No one. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the company that I was working for, my last, my last corporate gig was uh, managing a medical imaging company. And we had MRI centers um, in different parts of the country. And that company was closing. And so I'm like, okay, I need to find another job. But see, I was director of operations and the the head guy said, hey, stay, help clean up this mess or close things down. So I stayed to the very bitter end. And that was a horrendous type of uh, process because you, you have to let people go. You have to talk with vendors that the company can't pay. You have to oh, sell MRI equipment that you have no idea how it got into the building to begin with. Hire <laughs> cranes, hire construction. And it's just, it was such a big job of closing the company down. And it was emotionally hard, but I knew that I did not want to find another job. I wanted something different. And we, I had decided, it's like, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to do something different. Well, my husband and I, we love to camp and we like to, to just explore. And that's just what we do. We, we can drive aimlessly. We can just like to go to all these little nooks and crannies. And about that time, in about 2011, he was saying, let's get a little camper so we can camp and um, do little weekend things. And I looked at him and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could just live in an RV like full time and just meander around and have a job where we could just work from anywhere? It did not take him but two seconds for him to start researching. And we, uh, because we still had that corporate job, our intent was, all right, we're going to find a place to, to go. We, we ended up selling everything we had so that we downsized and we bought a 38-foot uh, motorhome, an Alpha Sia, um diesel pusher, and... In 2011, we moved into that vehicle full time. And that was like, okay, the safety net type thing is is breaking because I was still working for that company and I needed to go to different parts of the country to close down right. the MRI centers. Mm-hmm. Well, 
instead of me flying back and forth from the home office to, you know, to another part of the country, Monday through Friday, then go back for the weekend. It's like, my husband's a musician and, and his schedule was very flexible. It's like, you know what? I'd rather us be together and let's just go to take the RV. And and we were renting in Florida at the time. And it's like, I have no, I have no desire to stay or buy property in Florida. So we have our RV, we sold everything. We're living in the RV. Let's just go. And that last few months that I was with the corporate life, we were in the RV. But then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what kind of job can I have? And I, I found in research, because I had been in an industry for 20 years, that's all I knew. Right. I didn't know. I had no idea of the wonderful ways people can earn a living and have freedom and have... Um, just love what they do. And I, in research on what kind of company can I create? What can I do? I came across the word virtual assistant and I was like, huh, what is this? And reading the job description and all of that, it was like, well, I do all of that stuff now anyway. And I haven't really seen my boss in the years that I worked for him, maybe five or six times in person. So I'm kind of like his virtual manager, right? So I can do this. I can do this. So I should have, in hindsight, started growing my side business before I like jumped off. And that is the (laughs) biggest thing. But see, I had this, I had this weird mindset. I had this mindset that if I were to if I were to work on my business, even though the company I was working for, the time involved uh, was hard, but it wasn't as long, I had the time to get started on it. I could make the time. Right. I could make it a priority. But somehow, if I was working on something for myself, I was cheating the company I was working for. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is that weird. the weirdest thing. And I had never known to like work on something and build something for myself. But I waited until the job was completely done before I really, really hit the ball rolling. And I started um, networking and just getting my, my, my face out there because the only people that I knew were in the medical industry. And I, I didn't know, what kind of businesses were out there. So in um, we went back to Missouri to be our home base. That's where uh, my husband and I had grown up. And we, we went to start, start our business. And at first it was a virtual assistant business because I would work on practically anything that a small business would need. And it was just me and freelancing. And then I soon realized that most folks need help talking with their clients, their prospects, and just the whole communication. And all of that entails on what does your website look like? Well, I like working on websites, so I helped them with that. And then social media, and being consistent in that, email publications, direct mail newsletters, all uh, there's podcasts, there's videos, there's all this, the publications that we do in content marketing. And the more I studied on marketing my own business and making connections and how I could scale my communication. I'm already doing face-to-face networking. Well, how do I, what are effective ways to stay in contact right. with with folks? And that was through social media and through, uh, through emails and, and some of my clients do direct mail uh, newsletters and, and things like that. And I soon grew a team to lead a virtual team. And I recently just 
shut out. It's like, you know, we don't do general virtual assistant. We are, we do content marketing tasks. We take the burden off of the, the hundreds of details right. that yeah. are involved in getting our, getting seen out in the virtual world, out in the digital world. So what my team and I do with Scrivener Solutions is we take that burden off. And a lot of our clients have to do everything themselves. I relate to that. I did everything myself at first. And, but there's stages. It's like, okay, I want to implement a social media plan, for example. Right. I'll go back to to where we first started. Oh my goodness, it's such a pain to be talking or to be out there on social media. Now, I can relate. Social media, we do that and we do it a lot in Scrivener Solutions. But for me personally, there's one platform that I like to be in because it's fun. The other platforms uh, I'm in and I do engage in, but I have help with that. But it wasn't always that way. Right. And at first, when it was just me, myself, and I <laughs> in my company, what I would do is schedule time to just block off time and spend an hour and think of what I'm going to post for the next week or two. Just right. pre-think, you know, what am I, what do I want to say? And uh, is there something that inspires me? And, and is there a cute post? And I would just get into the habit of, I need a post, excuse me, a post a day. Right. And that just worked that muscle. It's like, okay, I have the consistency. People are seeing me out there. Right. And I had, I was involved in, in that, uh, local networking group and I also would post into their that group on yeah. a consistent basis. And even though and it was mainly Facebook, I did have a LinkedIn. I I I thought of LinkedIn at the time as simply an online resume. Right. And I wasn't there at first. And I think that I mean we see folks that have been doing it a long time and they're everywhere, literally everywhere, but they didn't start that way. So when you're first starting out or if it's just an office of you, it's okay to be active in one place. Find something that, that you can be active in and then think ahead, train yourself to think ahead and, and schedule use a scheduling tool in Facebook. We just uh, schedule right there on, on the, on the page. Um, And then you can use other, other tools, buffer, Hootsuite or any other third party tools for other things. And so I started with Facebook and then I would add in at the time, Twitter and then uh, LinkedIn and I did similar posts, but I scheduled them out. And so then I was on three platforms and at the time it was five days a week. I, at that time I chose not to post on the weekends in that manner. I would do like organic ones, not right. scheduled ones. And not long after that, I hired Sharon to be on my team and she's my social media manager. She, she leads all of our social media. And I got her into the routine and training her, like, this is what I want on that. And we soon were doing the same thing for clients and helping them find their voice and, and everything like that to get that baseline. And see, for my social media, my baseline being out there, that branding part of it, to, to be present my team does that for me. Thank heavens. Right. You know, like for, for my blog post, for my podcast, for any video or whatever that needs to be publicized, I'm not worrying about, okay, I got to get it on social media. My team already knows right. that. So that's, that's something to where um, I found that the value of the details of what am I going to say when I can hire Sharon, who's literally... <laughs> She was a cheerleader for uh, the Tampa Bay Rays years ago. So she is my cheerleader on my team. And 
she is fantastic of, you know, cheering me on. And I love how she does our social posts. And my clients, I mean, our clients, they love that because it's like, we're on our client side and we draw things out that our clients are too maybe bashful. Right. Or they think, you know, posting on social media, I think sometimes we feel boastful. Now, do you do you think uh, it takes some time to get used to either the client, what you're posting, or you yes. getting comfortable of posting for a client, knowing how they think and knowing how, because everyone kind of has their feel their, yes. you know, their, their, how they talk. Uh, is it, how long does it take you to kind of really meld with a customer to start posting for, in their behalf? Cause I know that's a scary thing for me to think about. Well, the, the thing is, and what I had found is, you know, we, we learn from, and I don't want to call this a mistake, but what I've had a lot of learning opportunities and there are, I have been too anxious maybe to take on a social media client um, because that's where they're at is only social media. They're not creating what I call a core piece of content. The core piece of content is either a blog post, a podcast, or a video. What is that main message that you're going to be, you know, expressing? And without that, see, with that main message, let's say... I have a uh, a life coach for a a client, for example, and she does a weekly video. Well, for us, we can help her work up that video to get on her podcast, and then we would disseminate that out through email and through social. But we can draw things out, right? So you're you're actually what she says, right? So you're actually taking content from someone. That they've of something that they've done and reusing that same stuff on multiple platforms, multiple technologies from blogs to, mm-hmm. you know, posts to. And that's, and that's really what social media is, is, is sharing our ideas and beliefs. And if you don't have it on your website or in your videos, then, you know, how can you hire somebody to share what you have? Right. So, uh, and it, it does take time though. We do have different types of of clients. We have an association where uh, we want to make sure and we don't know. uh, The association leader will review the social posts before we publish them. Because sometimes we may uh, say something, not not disrespectful, but we may highlight a non-member not knowingly. Right. Or something like that, right. whatever the, the rules were, right. were laid. But we also want to make sure that uh, our clients have a look and feel. But we have an approval process. And a lot of times within three months, there is a uh, um, a level of comfort that they say, you know what, I don't even want to look at these anymore. I want right. to focus on this other stuff. Right. Because if something comes out and that they say, you know, I don't really like that image or I really don't like that, we can delete it. Yeah. You know, um, but that it, it does take communication. Yeah. And I am really big on having that communication with our uh, clients. I've had some early on clients that wanted us to take care of their social platform right. of choice. And we struggled so much because it was like they they just dumped the work, you know, they said, here, do it. And then they disappeared. And it's like, we don't even know you very well. And then you look at their website and they're so inactive. So I won't even take a client anymore unless they believe in the power of content marketing right. and, the, and want to, want to, want to go through that process of sticking their neck out for other people to get to know them because they know that if they you know broadcast their message in one way whether it's video audio or uh, the written word that they will attract followers right and then what we do in the in the in the back office you know behind the scenes is we help hold up their platform 
because we're taking care of all of those little tiny details. Right. So that they can focus on their message. And, that and is, we can push their buttons. Yeah. I like to say, we like to push our clients' <laughs> buttons. <laughs> and that is so big. And also multiple platforms. It's So for me, for instance, I don't get a lot of information. I don't do a lot of blogs. I don't, I, I don't go to blogs to learn stuff. Many people do. And that's why I think it's so important to do things on multiple platforms because yeah. I get my stuff from, from podcasts. I do a lot of stuff with podcasts and, and, but I know a lot of people that don't listen to podcasts. They will, they would rather go to a blog. They would rather go to these other platforms. And if you can affect efficiently get content out on multiple, the same content, reuse the same stuff on multiple platforms. That is, that is absolutely huge. And the thing is, I'm not good at blogs. I would need to hire you to go and and do stuff like that because that's just not where I'm, that's not my forte. That's not where I'm at. Uh, But it's very critical that that platform gets used as well. And there's what I like to do for podcasts. What I do for my podcast is I record it. And then I summarize it for the show notes. And then it's uh, also on my website as a blog post with an embedded, you know, an embedded recorder or um, audio player. So it helps with also with SEO. And sometimes, sometimes I'll draw out, it's like, I had this content that if I, did it in a little bit different way and like did a tutorial. That's another piece of content. It's basically the same thing, but I did a video of showing something on, let's say MailChimp. And I just dove right in and, and showed on MailChimp and I had like a tutorial video. uh, And then I posted that on YouTube. Then I also posted a little brief description on my website, embedded the video. But then I had off of that video, another piece of content, which was some people really like checklist instead of watching the video, they want to go through. And so it's like, all I have to do is make a blog post with little images of the exact steps. And that's a separate one with a little downloadable printable, you know, a print pretty version of the the steps. Right. It's basically an operating procedure of how to do whatever. So for me, I'm, and that's just duplicating it and you have a little bit different titles and then you can do some things with your keywords um, on the blog post, but also from the social media standpoint, it, we like it that we can have a, an audio piece and we can direct people to the podcast to uh, if it's a, a Libsyn uh, link, if it is an iTunes link, something like that, and say, hey, the, just broadcast that a new episode. Then we can go in a little deeper and then and s- draw something out of the episode that would appear on the blog post and point the person to the blog post with the embedded audio player. So that's more than one opportunity to say the same thing in different ways. Right. And and you're drawing out the ideas. And, and that's what we like to do is um, take that core piece of content and dissect it, I guess you can right. say. And God, that is so important. And, and I didn't even realize that until, oh, maybe a year or so ago that, how you can reuse the same content in different ways to absolutely hit a much bigger, bigger audience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, that is uh that's probably one of the biggest learnings I've had in the last couple of years is to reuse that. Cause it's hard to come up with content. Good core content is for me is, is hard to come out with. So it's like, man, if, if I can reuse that, especially if I can have someone else do that, because I'm just not mm-hmm. adept at that. That is, that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And another tool that we just started using, it's uh, called Headliner. And are you familiar with mm-hmm. that? Yeah, love Headliner. Yeah, I, I like that, that, you know, you just have an image. It does a, you pull out a little clip and that's a different type of social post. Right. And it, it makes your social feed interesting. Right. And we use... Uh, use we're all the time experimenting and i love what we do because 
we have different, our, our different clients use different tools. So we are introduced to different things. And a lot of our clients come to us and they, they use our systems. You know, they, they, that's what they come to. And that's why I, I shifted from being a virtual assistant company as more general administrative stuff to focus on content marketing because we have created systems in our company. We've experimented and right. we, and actually I use, I, I let my staff loose on my website, on my stuff um, for Scrivener Solutions website and for the galascrivener.com website for both of those. That's our playground to where if you break it, that's okay. But, you know, we're in and following a lot of content marketing news and what's trending and what should we do. And sometimes our clients are not ready for that, you know, right. or they feel terrible because they're not in that that space. It's like, you know, you don't have to be. Right. You need to, it all, all content marketing is, and another word for it is, is relationship marketing. We just need to take a deep breath and just say, how do I communicate to folks? And how can I communicate to whoever you hire, whatever team you build, to help you communicate your message so that you can be more effective and have more reach, you know? Yeah, and I, uh, you know, going back to your story, and that's one of the things that I, you know, from a, from an entrepreneur standpoint, that I absolutely love about your story and all the stuff that you're doing is you didn't have a huge grand plan. You didn't have a huge grand idea of your ultimate goal of where you are today. You know, had you tried to think of back then of what you're doing today, you would have not would have not started. You would have not going. It's that, God, I, I just love the story of, of you making the decision, moving forward. What's the next thing I can do to progress to my dream, which is the freedom, which that, that is, and to me, that is so, so big that so many people want is that freedom. Uh, and, and what's funny is now, not only have you done that and you've created that, you know, that uh, the true entrepreneur, you started your company, you did this, but what you're doing is actually helping other entrepreneurs kind of do the same thing because we don't understand a lot of that stuff. We don't, we're not doing that stuff. We're, we're not the experts of that stuff, but you've actually used the system, developed the system to help other people use the system. <laughs> that, that is well, fantastic. I, I, I am so, what lights me up is the ability to work from anywhere. And I find that just an awesome opportunity that each and every one of us have. And you were saying, you know, I think that there's going to be, there's more and more people trying to do this side gig, right? you know, from, and, and mm, they wish that they could do it full time or they don't have enough time to do this. They don't have enough time. You know, we, we will find enough time to do the things that we really want to do. Yep. And, and it will, it, it, it shifts, but there is uncertainty and there will be something that happens that you say no more. And I'll have to be honest. I mean, the, the more years that I'm in this, it's like, there is no, I, I jokingly say the more years that I'm an entrepreneur, the less employable I am. I mean, I am so unemployable. <laughs> I just, nobody will want me to, to hire me for their company and I don't want to go yeah. because I want to have, I want to be able to have my office anywhere in the world that I want. If I wanted to move to Colorado for three months um, just because I want to and, or if I want to have, I mean, what's big for for my husband and I is that we have nomadic stents. We may be going for four to six weeks and we will, now we don't drive around our, our big beast is what we call it. The 38 foot diesel pusher. We travel even smaller. We travel in our 98 Jeep Cherokee with a rooftop tent. We have solar. 
we have a little um, refrigerator and we live out of that for four to six weeks at a time and we are nomadic and we we want to go on roads where that 38 foot RV will not go. Right. And we have gone on so many adventures and we get so excited and it's a challenge for us. We're in the middle of, of nowhere and it's like, oh my gosh, we've got 4G. Oh, stay right here. Let's camp. <laughs> don't move. Don't move. <laughs> we're going to stay here for three days. All right. <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll work or we were in uh, Hot Springs, North Carolina, just outside of, of there, just a tiny little town, beautiful, beautiful. And we went across to a little area in Tennessee. We'd stayed there for almost a week and we had absolutely no service. So we had to pack up every day, go to the little tiny library in town and we'd work. And then we'd drive back and, and pop up the, the rooftop tent. And doing that. We could stay home and do the same routine and right. be really stressful about how our business is growing. But each time, because every time we would go, I'd be stressed out. Oh my gosh, we're going to be going on this this thing and I'm not prepared. Well, we're never prepared fully for anything nope. in life. So we just, we had our deadline. We were going to go and we learn more from what we want to do and how we want to grow our business uh, on those trips. Right. And our business has grown every time that we've done that. We found what our priorities are, what, what makes us more passionate and, you know, uh, it, it shaped our decisions right. in roughing it for four to six weeks. And, and we are, it, it takes a little while, but we are preparing for a bigger nomadic trip. And so we're laying that foundation now on how our business should run. And we challenge ourselves to say, okay, we've got to shake things up. There's right. a, and, and challenge ourselves and get out of our regular routine. Otherwise we're going to be the woulda, coulda, shoulda people. Right. And so I get fired up that I love that we have the opportunity to work from anywhere. And it bothers me that you have to clock in. People, so many people just have to clock in and and they're, I don't know. I, I have these, these um, reflections of the uh, old Dunkin' Donuts commercials of the guy hunched <laughs> over shoulders like time to make the donuts, you know. And I used to feel that yeah. way when I'd go to work. And now I don't. It's an adventure every day. And I love to hope to have the, you know, help my clients to where they can have the freedom that they want, whatever they they want. Um and if helping them with the details of social media and website updates and, and sending out emails helps them achieve their goals, I love being behind the scenes yeah. to make them look good. And, and being in, you know, sometimes it's hard and sometimes I've had these fleeting thoughts of, okay, I want to go back. I, I, it's just too hard. You know, this build is has come and this payment has not come. So, um, and it's, I think sometimes I feel like I'm on a, I don't know if this is a thing, but is there entrepreneurial bipolarism? <laughs> because one day I can be on top of the world and the other day it's just like, dang. But it's every year it gets better and better. And it just, things are, uh, are so great. And I had a moment of, I am so glad I am, am free of working the corporate life because it was about almost three years ago. See, my, um, my older brother, he, he, uh, was very, very ill. He's been very ill for a long time, but it was at a point that, family needed to come and I could drop everything and take my parents 
to Chicago, and we were there with my brother. And we were there with him in the hospital. And my 70-year-old parents from um, from the country to that, when they're worried about their son right. to drive in Chicago traffic, that's just terrible. So I couldn't, you know, I was able to uh, be their chauffeur and and drive them and be with my family. And my husband stayed home and took care of of what needed to be around the home and then my team had my back and my clients were very um very thoughtful on on that t- difficult time but i was so grateful because my my sister-in-law was always worried about her job and she was with her husband you know we were with him till the you know he passed and just that stress of asking for time off right. and then made to feel guilty that you aren't going back because I did not feel guilty that I was in Chicago for I don't know, like three weeks or more. Yeah. And then, and then after he passed, I just, I could, I didn't have to see anybody, you know, right. I could, I could work on my own terms. Right. And it was, that still is very close to my heart that it's like, I am not going back. Right. I am not going back. I am, um, it's not just about traveling around and having fun. It's, it's being with family when they need you the most. Yeah. And that's what I had said when I first started. It's like, I was thinking of my parents though, but, um, with, my husband and I thinking of all both set of our parents as they age, we want to be there when they need us the right. most most and have a, a business at a point where we could take time extensive time off or help them when we, you know, when we needed to. But I never dreamed it would be my brother first. And it was I'm so glad. I mean I, I look back and I was like Every decision that I made, and even though the the journey sometimes was hard, sometimes was really fun, and sometimes it's just like I'm in awe that you know we can earn a living the way we do. There's so many yeah. opportunities. I'm telling you, designing our lives is such an empowering thing. And and when you when you actually step out like you did, and you actually design what your future is going to be like, that is so powerful. We're we're not designed to go and work for someone eight to 10 hours a day. We're, we're, we're not, I mean, that's just not what we're for. Where there's, we don't have the meaning in it. We don't have the, and I, I get it. We all have to go and, 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 and do our work and stuff, but being able to design how we want to live, that is, that is the most gratifying thing that you can do. You know, you're living life on your terms and that's, that that is the most empowering thing that you can you can do is is live it the way you want to live it and not be tied down to how how someone else thinks that you know that you should live it you know by you working at other people it's like you can spend all of your time all your energy and and what happens well they get to go do what they want to do because you've just developed that for them i mean it's yeah yeah well and it it's I I do believe that we can we can create we can educate ourselves and we find the resources that we need to build the life that we want yeah and that we desire it's not always you know what rainbows and unicorns or anything like that but uh, there are moments in each and every day that bring joy. And I, and I have appreciation. I think that sometimes um, we forget to appreciate the little things. Yeah. Got to celebrate maybe, the little things. And maybe that's why, I, I don't know, maybe that's why I love being behind the scenes for the clients. I like to magically like have things happen. I like to, I like the detail work because those details matter. And uh, little things matter, little moments matter. And 
collectively the little makes a big. Yeah. And what's fascinating is, you know, looking at your story, you you have a ton of specialized knowledge. You and your company have a, a huge amount of specialized knowledge to be able to provide, you know, all the stuff you do to your to your clients. But how much of that specialized knowledge did you have when you started? None. Mm, none. You you well, found see, you went out and got that specialized knowledge. See, to me that that is such a, a, a phenomenal story and such a great story is you found a way to go do what you wanted to do. And th- that is and amazing. Full, and full circle, I, and I look back, it's like, I was a marketing major and I changed it. And now what am I doing? <laughs> I'm in marketing. Huh. But I always had this perception of marketing and sales was this sleazy type of thing. Yeah. And the more I looked into it and the more that I uh, followed um, individuals and I have an interest in copywriting and I really dive into deep into that. And it's about forming relationships and that blends so much more in line with, with what I believe. And when I just steadfast in that and just not try to get too encircled in the hype and just like, let's make some genuine connections. Right. A lot, um, a lot happens and and being able to help our clients in a way that they can get their message out they can communicate with their clients and you know just there's so many things on all entrepreneurs minds it's nice to have a team backing you to help you remember things yeah. you know so that you can free your mind to grow your business. And I recognized mm, a couple of years ago, it's like, well, you know, we, in essence, for many of our clients are the back office. Um, Some I had, I had discovered, you know, when you get in your box and then you start going out to like um, events or you network outside of your local area, you figure out, what other people are doing. And I, I found that there are a lot of, um, online entrepreneurs that had, um, five and six different contractors, independent contractors, one person doing social media, and then another person over here, uh, producing their podcast. And then another person, uh, working up emails and then another person kind of general administration stuff. And, and for many of our clients, we're doing all that stuff for them. And then I recognize it's like, a lot of solopreneurs don't like to manage a lot of people. Yeah. And I like my virtual team. <laughs> and when and I like being able, you know, to form the team and what what we can provide is we have the power of a team, but you're not having to manage like five right. five or six different people. Now, I also believe that we as individuals need to form a team that fits with us and we need to figure that out and try, try different things. Um, I, I know that Scrivener Solutions can't do everything for everybody. And we work with, with other, other vendors. And, and when we can uh, get that synergy going, that is very, very cool. And we're just here to, lift up our clients and, you know, hold up their platform and make yeah. it stronger. Well, I can tell you, so for any of the, you know, entrepreneurs or solopreneurs that are listening to the show, you absolutely, especially in today's world, you absolutely have to have a good online presence. Again, whether it's through a podcast or your blogs, whatever it is, you have to do it there is a level of expectation of people on quality of stuff. There, there just is. There's, there's a level, whether it's a, you know, a podcast or whether it's a blog, there is a level of expectation of people that are going to look at your stuff. So having a team and you have to do it. That's a thing. It has, if you're going to be successful, you have to have these things in play. There's, there's in today's world, there's mm-hmm. no way around it. You have to do it. So you can either do it yourself. And for me, it would be doing it myself half-assed because I'm not good at doing blogs and I'm not good at doing a lot of this stuff. Or I bring in 
experts to do it. And that's, to me, I, that, that's why I think what you're doing is so critical and so big right now is because we are in a spot where people need to, we're, we're having, we're going to have a slew of people that have to go out and do their own thing. Again, necessity creates a whole bunch of awesome things. You mm -hmm. did your company out of somewhat necessity with, with the, with the closing yeah. down. People are going to be in that same boat and you have to have this. So now I, I know you, I mean, you do tons of things for people. You do the emails, you do the newsletters. What all, what all types of things are you doing for your, your clients right now? Well, it, it boils down to how do you communicate? And so it, a lot of social media, and that's actually where, where that's kind of like an entry level place that if somebody uh, is not ready to like do all the things, right? if they can do, uh, and, and a lot of our clients do themselves at first, but they have this missing piece. So maybe they're doing a, a weekly video and, uh, but they're not really active on social, but they can, they want to delegate one little sliver. So social media management, that's a good entry level thing because that's something that consistency, 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 and we can work out a system and it's like a little factory. And yes, it, you know, getting that consistency first and then engagement can go on. I really encourage my clients to say, what is your favorite? If you want to be on four different social platforms, which one's your favorite? Right. Focus on that one and let's, go in there and do ad hoc ones. Like for example, for me, I like Instagram. I have fun with Instagram. It's just a fun place for me. That's where I gravitate to. So even though like my podcast announcements and some other posts are, are scheduled, I have I go in there, it's like, oh, I'm on a bike ride and I'll do a little um, story real quick or I'll take a picture of my dog and do that. Um, if I do some things of my husband playing music. So that I go in there um, because, you know, I will engage. I'll do more private messages. So if anybody out there wants to like actually see me or, or, you know, talk to me for real, <laughs> then it's right there in Instagram. Right. Now in Facebook and, and LinkedIn, my, my team helps me monitor those messages. And if I need to say something or if they can help me, um, pull out words from my head and stuff. But so social media is one. Uh, email campaigns. A simple way, uh, a lot of folks can do an e-newsletter or a, a little weekly announcement of their weekly um, content that they produce. And there's different formats and different strategies in that. Thinking through a... Uh, a freebie, but the opt-in, like if you have something to for an email opt-in, right. thinking through the conversation that you want to have after that, setting up those landing pages, and uh, even doing some design work of turning that flat piece of PDF into what looks like a book on, on right. your screen. So we do design work. We do... Um, email campaigns, uh, event follow-up. Many of our clients, you know, they have the email announcement or, and social announcements that they have this webinar. And so then we're helping them, like I said, push the buttons right. and, and, and format everything to get coordination for their event, their webinar, and then the follow-up. And if there's a replay, putting that replay, you know, on where it needs to go. So management of that, uh, management of podcasts, we produce podcasts, um, blog posts, we do some copywriting, um, mainly of, you know, disseminating from the audio. That's right. the, the best way. Um, and, uh, and later, because I have had really, I have had some really long-term clients and, 
I tease with um, my longest term one. We she she thinks that I have ESP, but I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's what you want in yeah, a team. Absolutely. The longer that you work with them, no matter who you hire. I mean, at first it's a little bumpy, and um, then the more you get to know know folks, then and that's why uh, training. One thing that diverts people from delegating is like, oh, it's just easier to do it myself. I have to train yes. somebody. Yep. Well, most of these systems and most of these little details that have to do with content marketing, it, you wouldn't have to train. You know, right. it's more of the style and the, and getting to know and getting the message right and and having your back. But we're also flexible. This is a very fluid type of industry and what works and what style is for one client is not right. for the other. Yeah. Some of the same procedures, you know, right. Um, but, and, and when our clients and we're not an advertising agency, but what we do solidifies that platform so that, when it's time to do paid advertising, you have, some, you know, people internet stalk other people. That's oh, yeah. what it you just do because yeah. you want to know if you're legitimate or what you have to offer is right for you. For you. Right. And the only way to do it is that consistency. And to be in all the places, it's hard to do hard. all those details. And a lot of the stuff that you're saying is stuff that I don't like to do. I just, so, I and if I don't like to do it, guess what? I end up not it doesn't doing get I don't do it. And you know what's so funny? And I, I don't know. I love it that we, sometimes we think, oh, I don't like to do it. So nobody else likes to do it. <laughs> but really, my team loves that routine. And they know. Um, and, and it just feels great to them. And they get pumped up with that, I guess, stability. And... Even when I'm all over the place and switching gears and because I like to experiment, it's like, oh, I saw this. We're going to experiment on this, see if it's going to work for our client. And they hang with me. I, you got to do it. I, they hang with me and um, I'm so appreciative of them. But it's it's a it can be fun discovering new things, but it's also um, fun to see things work. But yeah. I, I think I've I've done, um, you know all of the uh the services email and social and podcast uh we're not a video production company but we we help you know disseminate but if you're not good with the tech i shouldn't you shouldn't let that stop you yeah. you should know enough tech to get the content out of your brain and and out and then you hire people to yeah. make it look and feel. I mean, I think, and, and people let the tech stop them. Yeah, so they don't do it. And that's, and that's the thing. And again, I've, I've said this, but it is so important that, we, that you get this right for your company, for the listeners, for your company to be truly successful. You've got to have these. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you, and, and if it has to be done, you either do it yourself or you hire it, you hire it to someone who is good at, at doing it. And mm -hmm. that's exactly, you know, what, what you are. So what's the best way for people to get in touch, touch with you and, and find you? Well, I, I would love for, for folks to follow me on the Gala Scrivener show. Uh, and you can go to, I'm, I'm at galascrivener.com, but the company is uh, scrivenersolutions.com. Yeah. That's, and that's the best way. Instagram, G Scrivener. Yep. And I've, the podcast is great. So people go, you know, you know and that's the thing. Go, go to our podcast, start listening to it because all those links, we're going to have them obviously in the show notes here. But if you go to, uh, to Gala's podcast, her stuff's on hers as well. So you can easily find, you know, how to get to her on uh on either of the podcasts or or going directly but i i truly want to thank you for uh for being on the the podcast today it was so good to talk with you I, and i've wanted to do this one for a while because 
I truly think it is so important for people to do this, to be successful. And everybody, this is at a time where everybody's going to have to start doing kind of their own thing. People get creative, figure out what what's the next thing you can do to move in a direction, just like Gala did. Hire people who can do the technology stuff that Kayla does and move forward. It's, it's so critical right now. Absolutely critical. It is. And one last thing is, is don't let it overwhelm you. Chunk it down. And when you start delegating, you can chunk that down too. You don't have to hire somebody to do all at once. Right. We do all, we can do like a complete back office content marketing team. But a lot of our clients start getting their foot in the door with the, that one thing and then a landslide happens. It's just wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they, they get that momentum and they see that coming and don't, don't let the, the start stop to stop you. That's what I like to say. Just take the next step and, and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Well, again, it was so good having you on. 